good morning, and thank you for that. Isn't the Lord good? He's really good. I think so often what's cool is that he meets us even when, like, he shows up for the day even when we've stood him up, like, countless of times. He's like, well, she said she's going to be there. I'll try again. I'll try again. He's always going to keep trying. And um, I just think that's fascinating. And I sometimes I have felt so empty and like, God, I don't have anything to give these kids. I haven't talked to you in like three weeks because I've been doing A, B, C, D, E, F, G all the way to Z. And then I get there and some kid comes up to me and they're like, Bleh. and I'm like, <laughs> and then the Holy Spirit's like, here, have this. And I'm like, okay, have that. And then I'm like, whoa, where'd that come from? It's just like that. I'm just kidding. Um, Caleb and I are so honored to have these kids. They're amazing. And um, I mentioned a while back that, okay, I'm sorry, it's, it's sort of distracting to me that it's so dark in here, but it's because we have a cool graphic Okay, Michaela cool. Made. If you didn't notice, there's jellyfish there's on jellyfish. the ceiling. Sometimes there's a big sea turtle, and it's like... Yeah. <laughs> so... I didn't see this good. Okay, guys, hey, this is not going to be like youth group. You're not going to talk while we're talking. Got him. Especially em. you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, anyway, moving right along. Um, as we prepared this year, it was, I'm going to be perfectly honest, it was really hard because last year, you know, each kid raised like $20,000 so they could go to Colorado and then turn around in a few months and we're like, we need another $800 so that you can go to Zacatecas and we were, you know, all that. And then we get back from Zacatecas and people start putting bugs in our ear like, what are we doing for camp? And I'm like, just just stop. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't, I can't think about that kind of stuff. And then, you know, our parents are kind of like, so, and then our pastor, he's sort of like, so was anything? there a camp this year? Or? Is, are you guys still here? You know, have you checked out? No, no. But we were just like, I, I really struggled finding the heart for it because I was just like, cool. One more thing to do this year. That sounds awesome. And then, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's tradition. You have to do something during the summer, right? Or else you suck. And so I was like, okay. And so constantly going before the Lord and we're tossing back all these ideas. What do we do? What do we not do? You know, all this kind of stuff. And, and did, then, you, did you ever find the right motivation? Yeah, I did. Or else I wouldn't be here. Oh, okay. Yeah. I told you. We you didn't just listen. have it because we thought we'd be bad youth pastors if, you know. No. We... um asked the Lord many times, and finally we ended up on the idea that we would have our youth summer event here at home, which in all honesty seemed harder to me because we were like, okay, but now we don't have strobe lights and fog machines. How is the Holy Spirit going to come? So it's like, we got to work over hours to make this thing awesome. We just bought some dry ice, and I was flicking a flashlight, and it's as close as we got. Thank goodness for Kaylin, because at least we got a floating ceiling. So... Yeah, Kaylin's awesome. Yeah. Kaylin made our shirts. Uh, she designed, I'm just going to show her Devos off because these are probably the most phenomenal Devos, home cooked Devos I've ever seen. And so she made these Devos with shiny paper. That none of you can probably Fancy. really see, but it's still just cool. Just squint really hard. And, anyways, I'll leave this somewhere and you guys can take a look at it. There's mm-hmm. turtles. 
Like we had a real, we had a real Devo thing, you know, like when you go to a conference and you get, yeah, we had one. Thank you, Caitlin, again. Big conference Devo in small Stillwater. So anyway, as we were talking many times about camp and then like, I would just, I would swear to you that I like tarried with the Lord for hours. Like, what do you want to do? And nothing, nothing, nothing. And really it was probably like five minutes while I'm making my sandwich. God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? <laughs> you know? Ham or turkey and, camp? Or... And then finally one night, Caleb and I were like, okay, we have got to figure this out. And so we just like locked ourselves in the house and we were like, God, what do you want to do? And so it was like two or three hours and we're going to bed and we got anything? No. Nope. Got anything? No. Nope. Okay, cool. We're back at square one. And then finally, just it hit us and, you while know. we were taking a walk, just... Yeah. R- relaxing. Yep. And then we'd run like silly names off of each other for what we'd call camp. What was some of them? Um, I don't, it's probably you who have all these horrible ideas of names. <laughs> that are funny. <laughs> okay. No, um, I can't think right now. They were just bad. We had all kinds. We realized, we knew that God was wanting to take us on a journey of going deeper with him and finding the deeper parts of him and, expre- and expressing the fact that there is more to God than we perceive and going on that journey. And so, of course, there were lots of names that were like into the shadows. Dig Dug, or, but that's an arcade game yeah. from like the 70s. And then like yeah. in, what lies beneath? That's what a horror li- movie. What lies beneath? And I'm pretty sure that's like a <laughs> horror like, movie yeah, or something. Like, I don't okay. think work. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we finally ended up with um, the Holy Spirit. He just actually what happened one day was right after um, staff meeting. I was sitting there talking with Kaylin, and we knew what we wanted to do for summer camp finally. And, but I was like, we don't have a name, and you have to have a name. And I was sitting there talking to Kaylin, and I was like, man, Kaylin, I got to get with you about. A, B, C, D, B, oh, wait, oh, I need to go to bed. Anyway. That's how confused so the we alphabet. were. I was going through the alphabet with her, and I was like, I don't know, you know, something about, like, take me deep, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, I was like, hold on, what? Freeze, capture that moment. I was like, take me deeper. And then it was just like, thanks, Holy Spirit. Oh, thanks, Holy Spirit. And I texted Caleb, and I was like, how about this? And Caleb has to think for, like, 10 years. And I was like, okay. And finally, Caleb decided that was awesome. And so I, I have to process. Yeah. yeah. And so we ended up with Take Me Deeper, and it's been an awesome week. And the Lord has really met us every time that we have come to him. And these kids, like, it boggles my mind. Like, yesterday, they nearly skipped lunch on accident because we were just like all about God and what he was doing at that moment. And all of a sudden I hear one of the kids like look up the clock and they're like, it's one thirty. I'm, I'm not sure even hungry. It was Enoch. If anybody was wondering. <laughs> that kid has an appetite. I'm just saying. And so, um, so we're really excited. We've just picked a few, um, kids that we would like to share with you some things that the Lord has done. And let me tell you, there is like, some crazy stuff. Don't ever underestimate what the Lord. And, you know, something that I, I remind myself is who are we to judge what's real and what's not real in someone's life? Who are you to say that's what ha- what's happening in someone's life is fake? And why, what does it, what does it matter? You know, you know what? It's between them and the Lord. Yeah. And all that does is put you on the outside and further and further away from accepting the wildness of God. And so uh, this week has been such a journey because as a leader and as someone who's like, you know, overseeing the spiritualness, it's like, is that okay, Lord? 
that person? Like, is that okay? Is that Holy real? Holy Spirit, this is really weird. Is that genuine? <laughs> is that, do I need to go correct that? Do I need to encourage that? Do I need to stop that? And the Holy Spirit was like, would you just stop? Like, what, it's none of your business in a sense. And they, I'm talking to them in this way that I don't talk to you. And it's different. And so, um, so yeah, so I just, I want to always encourage and keep that in the back of your mind that so quickly we're to judge, well, that's not what we learned in Bible school. And that's not what we learned in our church growing up. You can only um, roll this way. You can't roll both ways, you know. And, and if just, you laugh, you have to laugh under your breath. Because if you laugh like a hyena, then, you know. You're unspiritual. And we laugh like hyenas. Emily Guile. All right. <laughs> Her laugh is like, I, I'm like laughing in the spirit, and then I'm just like laughing because it's just like, that's the funniest laugh I've ever heard. <laughs> so I just want to remind you that in the Bible, it says the Lord is new every day. Yeah. And so that means he is new every day if you believe the Bible. And so um, I just I just really have come to grasp that concept as far as this need to like microscopically like, okay, I got to make sure everyone's like really hearing the Holy Spirit and they're not just giving bogus words or something like that. And we do. We do chaperone. Yeah, of course. course. There's there's that nature of it. But, you know, there's a scripture talks about, you know, you can't you can't have a lot of increase with in like agriculture unless you have some ox. Right. But have you ever, like, cleaned up after an ox? It's messy. <laughs> and so my my whole heart for it is, like, they're learning, okay? And we're going to give them a space to learn, okay? And if they mess up, they're not going to be in trouble. I'm not going to yell at them for making a mistake. I'm going to guide them into truth. And that's the nature of God, is that he's not going to yell at us for our mistakes. He's going to be like, actually, try this. This is better. And if you, I mean... I really feel like really good leadership looks like being able to guide someone and inspire them towards the truth, not force them to do the right thing because, oh, no, if you don't do it, you're going to be in big trouble. And so, you know, there's a lot of increase. And there's like little things every once in a while. I'll be like, yeah, that's not in the Bible. (laughs) that, That one thing you said, that wasn't in the Bible. But this part right here was really good. The first part of what you said, I think maybe right here, if you just change that around. And then when you're loving them and you're giving them a safe place, they trust you to make those corrections and adjustments. So I just, I want to make that clear. It's like, we, it's not a free for all, you know, but it is free for all. <laughs> but um, ching, good. So we're going to move on. And I just want everybody to just open your heart and be ready to receive something super cool this morning um, from somebody that we feel like the Lord has just highlighted and everybody. Something really cool is that we watched every single one of these kids, every single one of them take steps forward this week into something that was hard or something that was uncomfortable. And some of us still have a ways to go. We ne- All of us, we, we will never just fully arrive. But that is, what is so cool is watching and looking and being like, they just took their first steps, you know, and then trying not to freak out because, you know, it's like, you don't want to freak out. It's not, it's not that cool, you know, but you're so excited. And, um, so one thing we did this year, uh, was we felt like the Lord wanted us to do some workshops during the afternoons that the kids could choose to go to. And, um, the, 
At first, when Caleb proposed the idea to me, I was a little bit overwhelmed with it, and I was like, how are we going to execute that? We don't have the kind of staff and the kind of time to execute that, you know? Because when I think of, when my mind thought of workshops, I thought of, like, teaching. Okay, so we're going to teach on prayer, and we're going to teach on music, and we're going to teach on this and teach on that. And I was like, how are we going to do that? And I was telling Caleb, you know, this is why sometimes this is often my position. Caleb, this is why your idea isn't going to work. I'm like a big picture guy. And then she like trims off all the edges that aren't going to fit in like the tiny amount of space we have. So yeah, I'm super fun. We'll get an air balloon and we'll float it over the church. And she's like, okay, how are you going to pay for that? I'm like, with somebody else's money? I don't know. (laughs) So he re he repainted to me what the workshops were meant to be is a time to come and discover just a way that we communicate with the Lord and a way that the Lord speaks to us and to just spend time with the Lord and not like a teaching and this is how it's done and this is how you do it, but just like, hey, God, I'm here. What do you want to say to me? Um, and so it turned out really, really cool. I think so. Do you guys think so? I think they turned out cool. Um, so... One of the workshops that we had was um, dancing in movement, which is interesting because at first it was like, you know, sometimes in the church we sort of like have this like whiplash effect when someone says dancing because we're like, you know, we expect like bad things because I don't know, dancing these days, we, it, we expect everybody. It's to all that it. movie Dirty Dancing's fault. Yeah. They ruined it for everybody. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just and uh, so... I coming into this workshop, we were like, okay, what are we, what are we going to do, Lord? How do you want to do this? And it just turned out so awesome. And I felt like we were sort of redeeming the way that God meant dance to be. And, um, there were some really awesome things come out. And I asked one of our kids to come and share what happened during her time in the music and movement workshop. And so Emily Guile. This girl is crazy. She's crazy about Jesus. And she had some really cool things that the Lord... Are you injured? Oh, okay. Okay. Tell us what happened, Emily. Okay. Well, um, I decided to go to the dancing and workshop one, obviously. And when we got there, I was kind of wondering, what are we going to do? Like, are they going to teach us how to dance? Um, But we... When I got there, we all kind of sat down in the youth room couches, and they just kind of told us, like, you know, what we're going to be doing. And it took, like, five minutes, and they're like, okay, we're going to turn on some music. You're going to dance. I'm like, what? <laughs> and so they turn on the music, and then it just kind of happens. Like, I just start dancing. I'm aware of what's going on, but I'm not controlling it. It's kind of, I was amazed at how amazing uh, – not amazing <laughs> – how um, similar it is to having a prayer language because you're aware you're doing it, but you're not controlling it. You don't know what you're saying, and it can shift dramatically. Um, and I just thought it was so cool. And it, on the two hours went by really fast. I felt like 30 minutes. And after I got out, I realized, oh, my gosh, I can't walk. <laughs> but it was awesome because, like, when you're doing it, we were – we were doing some hardcore cardio in there, um, but we weren't. We didn't get tired. Our feet weren't sore until afterwards. I mean, they were very sore, um, but it was so awesome. When everyone was asking me afterwards, like, "What was the dance one like?" Because they were all kind of wondering, "What do you do in a dance workshop?" 
But I told them, it was like you had a major intercessory prayer um, meeting, but it, there was hardly any words. You were just dancing. And dancing is like a language. It's just it's how you express yourself when you run out of words. The words can't communicate how much you're happy or your joy or you're just, you're just overflowed and you just... Sometimes you can scream, but sometimes that's not even enough. So you just got to wave your hands and jump around and just look like a fool. <laughs> but it's, it feels awesome. Not much, so much afterwards, but in the moment, it feels awesome. <laughs> and is, that, is that good? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. We definitely had some major, major cardio that day. I was like, when dinner came, I was like, I'm ready for dinner. You want to talk about these two? Yeah, I'm going to have Josiah Clarkson come up first. And um, we did a worship on soaking in prayer. Has anyone heard that term before, soaking? It's kind of a, okay, so I don't know how many different types of churches you've been, but everybody kind of gets the concept of tribes, like assemblies of God kind of has their own language, right? And then you've got, like, vineyard people. They have churches all over the place, and they all have, like, certain words that are, like, slightly different. Um, soaking is basically just waiting on the Lord. It's a term, uh, just a poetic term that we use for waiting on the Lord. Um, we know that when you wait on the Lord, it renews your strength, Isaiah 40. Um, and there's something about being in the presence of God that restores your soul, and uh, when you're waiting on the Lord, your spirit man is interacting with God in the heavenly realms. And so your mind doesn't really know what's going on because you only have five senses to interpret. But everyone knows that, you know, heaven is another almost dimension, right? Can, can you see God? He's not here in the physical matter, is he? Anybody? Is God here? Can anybody see him? Okay, no, he's invisible, right? So where is he? He's in the spirit. And so when you're soaking, you're interacting with God on a spiritual level. But a lot of times your mind isn't quite as engaged until the Lord starts to bring inspiration. And in those moments, God will do things where he'll start to inspire your soul and teach you and show you things. He'll, he'll make promises to you. It's called the secret place. And we call it soaking because it's like God's pouring out his spirit over you and encouraging you and filling you up again. So you're ready to get back out there and, you know, give the devil a black eye. So um, I'm going to have a couple of them share just what their experience was in that time. And uh, I hope it encourages you. All of this, guys, the reason we're sharing this is because we want it to impart a desire inside of you to explore maybe something that's in there that you've never had the courage to explore, either because of religion that told you you couldn't do it or because you didn't know. And so maybe some of you are going to have a spark in your heart today when you hear some of these teenagers talking, they're like, I like that. Can I do that? Can I do that? You can do that. Anything you hear, you have permission and access to. And so I just want you to be encouraged by that, okay? Uh, So it's interesting um, when you're kind of Soaking in the spirit, I guess. Uh, when you're, you're just sitting there in reverence uh, of God, I feel like He'll He'll always give you what you need, not what you're expecting. And <laughs> you know, I'm the kind of person I I like to be smart, sound smart. I guess I use big words. 
<laughs> and so, um, <laughs> and so, anyways, when I when I go into those kind of places, I always want to get some kind of a, uh, a revelation or something like that for myself or for somebody else or for a group of people. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit uh, <laughs> has other plans, and uh, uh, just soaking. Um, you know, my mind kind of just swam and, and I kind of was just thinking about how the past month, you know, I've just been, you know, turning the wheels and the gears have been turning, you know, and all kinds of different things. All of a sudden, I, I like, I don't know, I don't, I've never really experienced it before because it was it was really so sudden. It was almost like I went to sleep, but I didn't. And it was just uh, ending peace. And I don't think I've felt my mind be that still for a long time. <laughs> and so having that peace and having that ability to, to just soak in his reverence. And the only thing that you're focused on is the glory of heaven is it's so important. It's so important. I feel, and you know, and there are times where you're going to get, you know, these amazing revelations where you're spiraling through the cosmos and seeing the, uh, the realities of the future, <coughs> Abby, <coughs> but, um, no, but it's being able to access the peace of the Lord, I believe is so important. And, and learning that is, uh, it's paramount. We had so many. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. Abby, if you want to come up, um, we had so many of them, um, you know, not get this. Yeah. Have a seat come into our living room. Uh, we had so many of them come away with not these deep, profound, like visions or things that God was showing them, but a lot of them came away just with peace. And, you know, I realized in that moment, you know, oftentimes we're looking for this amazing encounter, big spiritual explosion in the sky. We want to feel the presence of God. But a lot of times what we really need is to walk away from a time with the Lord feeling peace and being ready for the next thing that we're going to do with our lives and to be secure in the presence of God. So Abby was on the other end, and this is something that can happen while you're soaking where God will reveal something to you. So I'm going to change the mics here because this one's a little quiet. Um, and I'm going to have her share that. Well, I was just really kind of, I see images a lot and I kind of saw a lot of images just with the music and everything. And, um, I saw a picture of me and God dancing in this big ballroom and it was huge and we're just kind of slow dancing. And then I looked down at the floor and there are different tiles on this floor, different squares. And each square has an image from my life that's moving. It's like a memory of part of my life. And then the picture kind of changes, and I see me when I'm little. And when you're, you're little, you know, an adult kind of helps you to walk. And God was teaching me these different dance steps. And we were slow dancing, but I didn't really know all of the steps. And then I saw me when I was really old, and I knew the steps really pretty well, but because I was old, I was kind of faltering a little bit. And then the picture changed, and I was young again, and I think this was after I had gone to heaven, but I knew every step perfectly. And I, I looked down, and I could see all of my memories from my life on that floor. And then the picture changed again, and all of that, that in dancing in heaven became a tile on a floor. And the I looked around on the floor, and there were all of these pictures of different people's lives dancing with the Lord. And I looked up, and God was dancing with the church. 
And I feel like that is just, it, it gives me a real comfort of knowing I'm not alone because God has such a big plan. And it's not always a war. It is, but it's a love story. And he's dancing with us. When Caleb first told me about what Abby had, he's like, you got to go talk to Abby. And then, like, another person, got to go talk to Abby. And then I went and talked to Abby, and I was like, hold on, hold on, what? It was like, it, I keep imagining um, when she talks about it, I see, like, a kaleidoscope, like, with all this, like, stuff. So I think it's pretty cool. Um, another thing we did was, okay, not any one thing is, not any one thing is better than the other. I was just surprised at how much came out of this. And um, we did a art workshop. And um, so many, so many wonderful things came out of it that just like you didn't, ex- you didn't, you weren't expecting it. And uh, we had asked Anais to come and just lead a, a workshop in art. And again, it wasn't like, okay, and you're going to do for texture, you do these motions. And for this, you're going to use this color and mix these colors. We just, she got in there and she's like, Holy Spirit, you know, turn on worship music and basically said, Jesus, have your way and paint what the Father gives you. And so all this stuff that you see up here this morning, are paintings that if you actually get close, they're just radiating with purpose and a story. And I, I wish we had time for every kid to tell you the story because like, it's crazy. Um, no one is, is, doesn't have a story. They all like you walk up to one and they're like, Oh yeah, it means this, this, this. And you're like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Um, so we had, we had several of those and let me tell you after, I walked into the room while they were finishing up the art. And, uh, man, God really loves loves to speak to us non-verbally, too. He loves to speak to us like that just because he's so cool and endless like that. And I walked into the room and uh, see all these paintings and stuff, and I was just like, oh. Like, I just walk by each one, and I just want to weep because... Um, and then it helps if you even know the person and you know where they're coming from and what the Lord has said to them. And you're just like, Oh God, you're so good to us. Um, so one of them that I had asked if they would be willing to speak was our very own track star, Kyle, who's also a leg wrestling champion. His is over here, babe. So this is real cool, real quick. I just want to say, because Kyle is, um, we had a talk. We told everybody, you know, when we were introducing these workshops, we were like, boys, don't make, don't, what, what's the word? Emasculate? This isn't emasculating. This isn't emasculating. This doesn't take from your man card to have the Lord speak to you through a paintbrush. Now, granted, nobody signed up for the dancing and movement workshop which I was totally shocked about. But um, I was surprised. I encouraged a lot of them to really ask the Lord where they're supposed to go. Um, and several several of our guys went to the art one, and um, there is definitely nothing feminine about Kyle. He's very, he's a track star, and, you know, and I already said it, he's a leg wrestling champion. He also really, really loves candy and snacks. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
and we like Kyle's money. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I asked after I walked by and saw this, that the Lord said to him. And then this morning I asked him, Hey, do you think you'd be willing? And he's like, yeah, I already know what I'm going to say. And I was like, okay, then. So, um, so Kyle, Caleb's sort of just going to kind of walk around so they can see. And can you talk about it or do you need to stand by it for it to make sense? Okay. Okay. So I kind of cheated with the workshops. I used uh, an image that I got for, from soaking for the art one. So. <laughs> okay. So the Lord showed me this. And to me, the whole scene just represents God's presence. The rock especially. There's a rock in the center of the painting. And there's a man on it, and he's worshiping. He's praising the Lord. Uh, now, the rock is really high, right? And it's surrounded by this roaring ocean, just in the waves are bouncing up against the rock and all that. But none of the waves can get to the man. Just They just can't reach him. No wave strong enough can touch him. And to me, the ocean kind of represents reality, right? It's just like life sometimes is crazy, but if we soak in the presence of the Lord, we can escape from that. Nothing can touch us. It's just peaceful. And uh, actually, the man, he's got some chains on him, but they've just broken. They've broken whenever he's in the presence of the Lord. And in the reflection of the ocean, you can see the cross. And this represents God's love for us and His sacrifice. And just repentance. And then up here, there's a cloud. I tried to paint God's face smiling, but it just ended up looking like a weird emoji. (laughs) So... I covered it up with a cloud, and <laughs> and there's some light coming out of it, and that's God's smile now. That's awesome. I had it's awesome. I get so excited. Another one that I had asked if they would be willing because when I walked into there and I asked her specifically, I drug her back in there and I was like, can you please tell me what this means to you? And uh, she did. And I just was like, oh my gosh, I needed that, you know? And so um, I'm going to ask Savannah. To come up. This was Savannah's very first camp ever, very first time being like in, like enthralled by a bunch of, or in, surrounded by a bunch of teenagers, and uh, she has just like exploded this week in a good way. But anyway, Savannah, tell us about your painting. Do you need to stand by it? Or? No. Yes. 
Okay, so whenever I was trying to worship, um, everybody kind of has a zone that you like worship in, and it's like easier for you to worship when you're in your zone. So I was trying really, really hard to get in like the worship zone, and it wasn't working. And then the Lord told me, just don't try so hard. So <clears throat> I um, didn't try so hard, and then I got into my worship zone. And so um, whenever I was painting, I was trying really, really hard to get the, like, the blue just like perfect. And then I remember, don't try so hard. So I didn't really finish it around all of the, the tree and the sun. And then on the tree, I put um, a swing. And that just told me, you just have, he's not, he is your father, but he's not just your father. He's like your playmate and your best friend. And you have to like play with him. And yeah. I think maybe that one made me excited because I love to swing and I was and and also it spoke to me because this week I had been reminded that you need to have fun with the Lord too and so I thought that was really cool Um, another really really awesome one was that I just believe um, because there's so many here what you see here too are a lot of like personal downloads you can come and see different pictures or like breakthroughs that the kids had this week and they're on canvas or breakthroughs that they're in the middle of having and they're on canvas and um, things for their own personal life and they're on canvas um, and then we had one that I know of there there definitely could be more but we had one that I believe is a prophetic declaration for our nation and so I'm going to ask Krista she is super brave huh yeah. And um, let me tell you, this thing is like radiating with some kind of crazy madness. And um, I just want her to tell us what it's about. And we can all agree with it. Um, well, there is a star with an American flag on it. And this, I actually drew it first. And it was on Thursday. We were in worship. And I just... I just like closed my eyes and he gave me this picture, but, um, it was, it was actually like moving and it was heading towards the gates of heaven, which is kind of like that cloud over there. Um, and, um, it just like gave me this thought and, um, it kind of like said that America slash us, um, is like reaching out for God just to like, I don't know, like, be in his presence, and there's a rainbow um, behind it, and it's like kind of like a trail, and the rainbow represents um, God's promises, and uh, he's just saying that um, we all need to be on fire, reaching out to God with his promises behind us. We're just going to take a second. We're going to pray into this painting as a body. And we're going to call America back to God. And that God's promises are following America. And they're going to catch her. They're going to get her. She can't get away from what she came from. Um, you know, raise a child up in the way it, it will go. And it will not depart from it when it's old. And and uh, this nation was founded on on the Bible. <laughs> And so we believe that America is going to come back. No matter how dark it gets, the Lord is always 
a brighter light. Okay, so let's pray into this. Holy Spirit, we just step in agreement with this prophetic word, and we say America is coming back. It's, it's crying out for the living God. America is crying out to be reunited with the lover of its soul. And we just call into check the powers that be that would try to tear America away from the, the love of God and go the route of man that leads to hell. And we just say, heaven is waiting for you, America. Heaven is calling for you, America. The gates of heaven are calling for salvation for America. And we just say yes in the name of Jesus. We say yes and amen to this word, God, that you said you're going to rescue your people. We believe that you have a heart for America. You do not want to judge America. You want to save America. Yes, because mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. Yeah, so you'll have to come take a look at all of these afterwards. And if you, there, some of them are real sneaky, and they don't sign their paintings. So if there's not an, uh, an, a signature on it, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But it's really, really pretty cool, and everyone has a cool story. So um, not only did we do... Um, workshops, but obviously we also had sessions in the evening with the Lord and we had awesome, awesome ministry time where the Lord just poured out and there were several different things that happened. Uh, every single person had something happen at some point in time. As you're hearing, like they would, they were getting downloads and then applying them later in like a workshop or in another way. And so it was just really cool. And, um, one, one person that I asked if they would be willing to share some stuff from their ministry time, I, I walked up to him, and before I could even finish, he was just like, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm, and I already know what I'm going to talk about. And I was like, oh, okay then, Lord, Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask Joshua Morton to come up here. <laughs> well, um, ministry time was, like, awesome. And we, during worship, it was the first time, the first day, I got filled with the Spirit, and it was just, it was the most beautiful thing that ever happened to me. And um, this was the best week of my life. (laughs) Thank you to everybody who helped me with with going to youth camp. Well, next year, we're going to have to make it the best year of his life, too. Best no pressure. No pressure, Josh. Um, another from some ministry time I would like, and he already said he knew before I came and talked to him, is our very own Isaac Castleberry. <laughs> well, we had this, it was like this joy just joy period. We were all just <laughs> we were all just on the ground laughing like crazy. It was like it was just crazy. And the Lord spoke to me. He gave me a picture of like my hands were on fire and I could like feel the heat on my hands. My hands were on fire and we were all just laughing and like I like touched my brother and then everybody everybody in the room just got on fire. 
And it was like the fire of God just spread throughout the entire room. I think they were having hysterical laughing fits for almost two hours, and we were just like, what do we do? It's just, they're, they're wrecked, man. <laughs> I'm like, these kids are drunk. Uh, in the spirit, you know, we didn't give them any, you know, spiked Kool-Aid or anything. I won't even lie that I was laughing somewhat at how ridiculous they looked. <laughs> but then... It's but like then, a leader benefit is you're like... <laughs> like oh, my god! But in, gosh. A, in a nice way. Yes. You know, we're laughing with you, not at you. Promise. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> they an- look nervous. <laughs> no, was- another one that we had asked if they would share had had a word come forth during ministry time, and then the Lord just brought forth brought closure to a whole testimony that's still going because we're human and our testimony is forever going. But um, they wrote it all down and read it to me, and I was like, oh my gosh. One, I didn't know how much you could write like that. And then um, two, I was like, I think this is something that the whole body needs to hear. And a lot of people need to hear. Um, No exclusions. In some way or another, we've been there. Whether male, female, adult, or young child. And so I just want to ask my sister Mariah to come up. Okay, I just want to say I'm so sorry for my voice. I was screaming with a bunch of radical teenagers, and it just ate me up. Okay, so um, the Lord just, it was really awesome because I got ministered to, and I'm not going to lie, I was like, man, my small group's going to think I'm a messed up leader, and they're going to be like, dang. <laughs> but, um, and the Lord just all of a sudden downloaded um, all the words to a big part of my testimony that a lot of people don't know. And then I read it to Taylor, and she asked me to share it. So I'm just going to read it to you. My life started in a tiny town called Alpine, Texas. I was raised in a home along with three other sisters where our parents taught us all about having a relationship and deep love for the Lord. My heart truly strived to be the best I could for him and reflect who he was and is. Actually, one of the first memories I have is of when I was three years old, walking back and forth with my mom in our little house, listening to her praying in the spirit and trying to do the same. Needless to say, I'm incredibly grateful for how my parents raised me. Like everyone else, though, I went through my struggles. I have a very specific memory of when the deep-rooted issues of my own started. I was around the age of 11 or 12 when I was at church, just like every other Sunday. I was standing in the hall when someone very close to me came up. They paused, put their hand on my belly, and said, Wow, you've gotten pretty chunky, Mariah. This may not seem like a horribly big deal to some people, but that sentence was a sentence that would change my perspective on who I was. That was the sentence that I would allow to start stealing bits and pieces of my identity every day. I remember how after they said that to me, I started looking at myself and thinking, Man, they were right. I started noticing all kinds of things about my body. Lies like, wow, my legs are way too big. I need to lose some weight. Why do I have to have hips like these? Why did God choose to make me like this when I'm so unhappy with it? Why did he allow other people to have better bodies and prettier faces? Does he love them more or something? I went from a complete carefree tomboy who really never thought about the way I looked or cared for that matter to an uncomfortable body image obsessed sickling. 
These thoughts followed me and got a little worse all through my teen years. When I was around 17, I joined a group that had a passion for helping women recognize their true beauty and identity in Christ. During this time, God really used me, and I truly believed that all the women I ministered to and talked to were beautiful, and God made them exactly how he wanted to. I started to try and grasp this concept for myself and started to walk towards some freedom, but eventually I allowed negative thoughts to overpower the positive ones positive ones in my mind and ended up right back where I started. I was always afraid that if I got free of those thoughts that I would experience the freedom and then lose it. So why have that disappointment? A little longer down the road, I was graduated living in a new city. I was experiencing a lot of new things like having my first boyfriend who would later become my husband, praise Jesus, and being on my own for the first time. A year down that, a year later, I moved in and lived with some family for what I thought was going to be a few weeks and turned into over a year. During this time, I struggled with feeling like I was a complete failure and my identity problems became so much worse. I started dabbling with the comparison game and became obsessed. I even started to compare myself to my older sister, who I love so much, and to what would become my new family. They were so pretty and tiny, and I stuck out like a tall Oklahoma white giant. I did not belong with them. I allowed myself to make up things in my mind that I thought people were thinking about me and then started to really believe that's what they thought. The darkness of comparing myself brewed and got darker and darker. As funny as it sounds, the whole time I was going through this, my passion for loving the Lord was still there. And there was a constant fight between good and evil inside me, usually ending and letting the negativity saturate the light within me. I constantly had breakdowns and depression surrounded me. While living in my cousin's house, I started a new job and later got married and moved out. I became very miserable at my job, and eventually I got a revelation that I could choose joy in the job and be a testimony of love to the hurting ladies around me. I tried my hardest to do this, but they also tried their hardest to break me down, telling me things like, you have really let yourself go. You're getting really thick. You're getting fat. Your face always looks sick and tired. My heart truly hurt for these women because I felt like they were hurting just as much as I was, but their words still got to me. I quickly allowed their words to steal my revelation of choosing joy and gave in to depression, anxiety, and shame. I began to let other people's words and the world's view define who I was. I became obsessed with dieting and working out, overwhelmed with the image of what I was going to make myself look like. I was going to make my thighs super skinny, and I didn't care if I had to give up food or whatever to do that. I stopped listening to the truth in my husband's words and what he had to say about me. I would look in the mirror and say horrible, awful things about myself, things I would never allow other people to say about anyone. After allowing these unholy and unhealthy things completely take me over came the rock bottom. I decided to start dabbling with throwing up meals that I ate. I remember the first time I did this, feeling like I had sold my God-given identity for a bowl of puke. This was the most miserable time of my life. I could not look in a mirror anymore. I constantly compared my body to other girls' bodies wherever I went. I was hurting others with the things I was saying about myself without even realizing it, and I was angry all the time. The bad fruit really started to show itself. I completely forgot who I was. Thank God for his grace and him putting his hand on the situation. I was staying with my parents one weekend when my mom pulled me aside and started asking questions. She knew something was wrong because moms are just like that, they know. I remember being so angry at her and truly believing that my anger was her fault and not my own. I remember wanting to fight her about everything because secretly I guess I was crying out my own weirdo way. I so regret those thoughts and thank God she kept looking for the truth in me. Eventually, 
Everything came out to her. After much prayer and conversation time, she told me, today is the end of it all, okay? And I truly started to think to myself that I really wanted it to be the end, that I could make it stop. I did not have to live like this. I had thought about trying to let go of these things in the past, but never truly tried and always hung on to them out of a demonic fear. That day, I decided I wanted to want to let those things go, and I wanted my identity back. I started trying to remember a time where I thought I myself was worth something or that I had pretty qualities. I couldn't. I started to get a righteous anger about that and also sadness. I saw the sadness of my father God that my father God had about me thinking so negatively. I was something he put so much thought and time into, and I treated his work like a piece of trash. I started to really fight the thoughts that tried to come in my mind. I was serious about letting go of the image I wanted for myself and being what he made me to be. I knew that's where I would find confidence and joy. I decided to let go of comparing and instead celebrate other people. I decided to allow him to work in me. And just when I thought I was a complete messed up human being and didn't deserve to be used by him, he showed me he was not scared of who I was and what I came with. I didn't have to get to some righteous, amazing, sinless state for him to use me. He just wanted my willing heart. I did not have to start from ground zero. He is the creator and he gets to use me when he wants Sometimes I still have thoughts, and sometimes I look at myself and start to feel the unhappiness try to creep in. But my choice is to try and fight it. I know I'm worth more than that, and the enemy is scared of the fact that I won't listen to his lies and instead choose to listen to the truth and be in the Lord's calling and identity of who I am. My prayer is that I can help men and women realize that being in their God-given identity is a choice, and it's an amazing one. That is where you can rejoice in who you are, and he thinks you're worth that. I also want everyone to know that God can and will use you no matter what you have done. He knew you would bump into walls sometimes, but that's the amazing thing about grace, about his grace. And we should never let the concept be, that concept become watered down to us. It is okay to let go and be vulnerable with the Lord. His heart for you is for you, and he wants to take you to the secret place and mend you. He will not reject you. Forgotten identity can be brought back. I don't care if it's your whole identity or certain dreams or passions, how young or old you are. He can bring those back when you decide to allow him. The Lord wants you. Part of going deeper with the Lord is allowing yourself as you're going closer to him to love the parts of you that are uncomfortable, um, to letting the parts that when you look at it, you're, you're afraid of those parts of yourself. You know, we all have parts of us where we're kind of scared of how we might act or what we might do or what we might say or how we might look. But as we come into the deep things of God, which is his love, that's always available. We'll start to see those things be removed. God wants to take those things and he wants to give us beauty for ashes those things that are worthless, that are burnt up, that are no good or no help. They don't bring you peace. They don't bring you joy. He wants to bring something beautiful into your life. He wants to bring a testimony to what you went through. And, and I just want everyone to know today that God is so accessible. I was just, and during worship, I was just feeling his heart for everyone in here. Just he is so willing and ready to meet with us without any contract <laughs> without any requirement on your part besides saying yes, that you want to connect with him. And Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer. Yes, of course.
But what I'm saying is God wants you. God wants you now. He doesn't want you to wait. He doesn't want you to brush off. He doesn't want you to judge the person who's delivering the message. He just wants you to hear the message. We're just people. We're just vessels. That's all we are. And God, the reason I stand up here and say this today is because God did something with me where he invited me to go deeper. He invited me to connect with him. And the shame I felt, the the destruction, the alcoholism, the different things that I suffered through as a as a person growing up as a teenager, he started to cherry pick those things off of me as I came close. And I just want to say, if it hurts to connect with God, if it hurts to go forward and receive ministry, embrace the pain. Some pain is good. You know, surgery is a really helpful thing. Sometimes what what's inside of you needs to come out. And it's okay to feel a little pain if the result is going to be freedom. If you had a tumor, sometimes they got to go in and grab it, right? Sometimes if you have unforgiveness, sometimes if you have bad self-image, sometimes if you have these deep hurts and these deep wounds, come to somebody who's gotten some breakthrough and they can open a door for you that they just walk through. They're like, hey, I was sitting at the door trying to figure this out forever and God just showed me, hey, turn the handle. (laughs) Come to me. And they can stand here up here at this altar and say, hey, it's really simple. Just walk through the door. You know, if, if I stood in front of that, that door right there, if I stood there and I was just convinced myself, there's no way I can go through this door. <laughs> and like everyone sees it's wide open. They're like, Caleb, go through the door. You're, you, it's time for lunch. You know, it's 12 or six. It's time for lunch. Let's go. Let's go. It's time to go. And I'm just standing at the door and I'm just like, I, I can't. It's, it's, I can't, you know, and I've convinced myself that it's not accessible. Jesus is the door, people. Jesus is the open door. He's not a closed door. He's an open door. And this morning, uh, I'd like to invite our leaders that uh, served during uh, Generation Truth to come up. Uh, we saw God really use our leaders this year to deliver some powerful prophetic ministry. Um, I feel like God wants to do the same thing because it's not about the generations. It's about the one church. It's about the bride. It's not about an age group. It's about the bride. It's not about a race. It's about the bride. It's not about nationality. It's about the bride. And we're the bride. And I feel like the groom is saying, come. And the spirit this morning is saying, come. Come and receive. Come and get something from the Lord.